Good morning, church family. You are so loved and missed this morning, but we're glad that we can be together. Thank you, Kendra, for that great reading, and Ben and Jenny and Joel and Mark for leading us in a time of singing gospel songs. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your victory over sin and death and the grave. Lord, in this moment when we feel isolated, when nothing is right, it reminds me of the disciples who on the first Easter morning were isolated. They were shut into their homes. They were fearful for their own lives, and the world was in chaos and disorder. Maybe it was snowing in Minnesota that morning. We don't know. But Lord, there's something much different about this Easter morning than there was that Easter morning. This Easter morning, the good news of Jesus' resurrection has spread around the world. That morning, it was new news. It was fresh news to a select few in Jerusalem. But this morning, the good news of your name, your resurrection, your life is being broadcast and live-streamed around the world. And Lord, we praise you for your victorious life and your victory over death. And that 2,000 years later, we can join a chorus of the angels and the saints around the world, the universal church, in saying, He is risen. Let's do it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yell it out in your home again. Kids, this is the great chance. Your parents can't tell you not to yell now. They can tell you to yell right, not to yell right after this. But right now, I want you to yell it out as loud as you can. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Well, glad to be with you this morning, church. We're going to look at Matthew 28 this morning and, uh, and just discover some good news about the resurrection this morning. And as we do, I just want to, to pose this question or this reminder that we've all heard news that changes everything, right? Regardless of your age, regardless of your life path, you've heard news that has changed everything. Maybe you've heard the, the news, I'm pregnant, and it's changed your world. Maybe you've heard the unfortunate news, you're fired, or in this, in this stage of life, you're furloughed. Maybe, hopefully, you've heard the positive version of that, you're hired. Or maybe you've heard the news from your parents, we're getting a divorce. Or maybe you've heard the news from a loved one, it's cancer. We've all heard this news recently, the first case of COVID-19 has hit the United States. And oh, how that news has changed everything for us. See, we've all been exposed to news that changes everything in a short amount of time. Just in a few weeks' time, the news that COVID has hit us in America has caused us all to do this. I hope you have your own. I love mine. Thank you to the people in the church who made this for me. We weren't wearing these before, but this news has changed the way that we live our life. Or maybe when you go to the grocery store, you're frantically looking for some of this. If you're running short, I have an extra roll here. You can swing by the church at about 1130 and you can have this one. Sanitize it first. See, we've all heard news that changes everything about our life. And the resurrection is similar. The resurrection is news that changes everything. Everything. And so this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to see how the resurrection changes everything by looking at three internal proofs for the resurrection in this text, and three proper responses for us to make as followers of Jesus to the resurrection. Three internal proofs, 
and three proper responses for us as followers of Jesus to make to the resurrection. And so let's start by looking at some internal proofs, some support for the resurrection this morning. If you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 28, and I certainly hope you do. If you don't own a Bible, like Kendra mentioned before, please reach out to us as a church. We would love to get you a Bible, and we'll deliver that to you. We will mail that to you. Obviously not right here in this moment. You're going to have to bear with us this morning without a Bible, but we would love to get a Bible to you. And those of you who have a Bible, get it open. Get your eyes on Matthew 28, because what is recorded in this book is far more important than when what than what will come out of my mouth this morning. And I hope the two line up well. But it's essential that if you are a follower of Jesus, or if you are interested in learning more about Jesus, that you get your eyes on his book and his word. And so open up to Matthew chapter 28 and follow along with me this morning as we look at three supports for Jesus's resurrection and three responses to his resurrection. The first support for Jesus's resurrection is that it was declared by the angels. And so Kendra already read the story and it incorporate, incorporated some of Matthew 28. But if you, as you look at Matthew 28, look at the first verse. Now after the Sabbath, after Saturday, after their day of rest, Towards the dawn of the first day of the week, that's Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. See, Jesus had been buried, he had been shut away, it had been sealed, and Saturday was their day of rest, their Sabbath, and they took that seriously. They stayed home, they shut themselves in, they were also afraid of being found out as Jesus' followers. They were afraid for their own life, but on this resurrection morning, on this first day of the week, on this first Sunday of the new world, Mary and Mary wanted to go to the tomb to check on Jesus's body to make sure that he had the proper spices and, and burial things. And so they got to the tomb. They went there diligently. Verse 2 tells us, When they got there, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled. And became like dead men. See, the, the Roman soldiers had been protecting the guard, the tomb. They had been put there to guard it to make sure that Jesus' body wasn't stolen or, or messed with. And this angel appears and, and the guards become terrified by this angel. Pick it up again in verse 5. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen, as he said. See that declaration from the angels? He is not here. He has risen, as he said. Angels throughout the scriptures have a history of showing up at moments like this and declaring God's truth. Declaring what was really going on in both the supernatural world and the physical world. The angels declared the resurrection of Christ. There's some internal support for Jesus' resurrection right here. But also, church, what I want to remind you of is that still to this day, angels appear to people and proclaim the risen Christ. There's reports from around the world, especially in closed access countries and countries where they tried to ban the good news of Jesus Christ, where they tried to make sure that Jesus' church and Jesus' people don't flourish. In those countries, there's many reports of people having dreams and visions of angels in Jesus himself. See, there's support for the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the fact that angels continue to proclaim the gospel to the lost. 
that angels show up to Mary and Mary at the tomb and they proclaim, Jesus' body isn't here. It's, he, he's risen from the dead, just like he prophesied to you, just like he told you that he would. And the truth remains that this is still a support happening, a support of the resurrection happening today that angels continue to proclaim. Maybe some of you have seen an angel in a, in a dream or a vision, or an angel has appeared to you in your moment of weakness or fear or need and reminded you of the truth. This is support for the resurrection. The second support for the resurrection that we see here is that it was discovered by the disciples. And so the angels declared this, it was declared by the angels the resurrection. Also, the disciples discovered the resurrection. And Mary and Mary, they were disciples. We often think about the 12 apostles as the 12 disciples, but also the women who were following Jesus were considered disciples. They were followers of Jesus. They were apprenticing Jesus. And so Mary and Mary run to the tomb that morning, and Salome was with them. Some of the other gospel Writers record another lady being with them. They run to the tomb that morning and they discover an empty tomb, an empty grave. Jesus' body wasn't there. What had happened to it? It had been sealed. It had been guarded by the Roman soldiers who had no reason to steal it or to hide it away. And, and they discovered a missing body. But not only did they discover a missing body, a, a, where a body used to lay in a tomb... This missing body appeared to them as a living man. Jesus shows up. Verse 9, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. See, they discovered a risen Christ. They went and they told the other disciples of this risen Christ. And they told more people and they told more people and they told more people. And 2,000 years later, you are sitting in your living room worshiping Jesus because somebody has told you this good news. See, the resurrection, the, the truth of the resurrection, the life-transforming reality of the resurrection continues to be discovered by Jesus' disciples for thousands of years across all continents, across thousands of languages and cultures. This is support for the resurrection. If you're somebody who's not quite sure about all this, consider that the, it's estimated that roughly 2 billion people claim to be Christians around the world because they've discovered the reality of a risen Savior. And the third support here, it's fallen off the screen because... Things are different on this screen than they were on my computer. Welcome to a virtual church. The third support for the resurrection is that it's been disproved by Noah. Now, people doubt the resurrection. People don't necessarily believe the resurrection. Many people do believe the resurrection and don't doubt it. But the fact is that the resurrection has been disproved by nobody. Look at Matthew 28, verses 11 through 15. It says, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people. His disciples came by night and stole him while he was asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And, and this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. And so there was this made-up lie. used Like they gave money to make up this lie to say that Jesus' body was stolen. 
because they could not produce Jesus's body. See, the Jewish leaders and the Roman government had every reason to produce Jesus's body if it, in fact, was stolen. They were both threatened by this underground movement of King Jesus in his ragtag band of prostitute, addicted, broken, leopard followers. They had every reason to produce his body and to show everybody that, that this is all a hoax. That, that Jesus, the, the so-called Messiah, who, who was an imposter to the Jewish faith and, and to the Roman Empire, he was a threat to us. He, here's his body. But they couldn't do it. And to this day, no one's been able to disprove the resurrection of Jesus. This is a historical fact that there's no proof. His death and resurrection is a historical fact. And there is no proof saying that it didn't happen. No one can disprove it. You can deny it. You can disbelieve it. But nobody can disprove that his body, in fact, wasn't produced. No one can disprove that his body, in fact, resurrected to new life. And so there's three supports for the resurrection in this text. Now I want to look at the response to the resurrection. So we've heard this news. The angels came and they declared this news. He is not here, for he has risen. And so we hear this news. This news has been made to us, and it's news that requires a response, just like the news that COVID is in your community. It requires a response. It changes everything about you. Your values change. Who you trust changes. How you live your life changes, at least for a season of time. Well, the news that Jesus has resurrected, the news that Jesus is alive, is news that alters our life. At least it ought to alter our life, and it ought to change everything. And so I want to look at this text quickly and just see three ways that we ought to respond to Jesus' resurrection. The first one is to come and see. Look at verse 6. As the angel declares to the women at the tomb, He is not here, for he has risen. And the angel said, Come, see the place where he lay. Now, this is a unique command to the women in the tomb. He says, come and see. Come and see where his body was. Come and see his folded clothes. His body is not here. That's a unique command to the women in the tomb that we can't necessarily, we can't, it's not even necessarily, it's just a fact. We can't imitate that command. We can't go to the tomb that Jesus was in and see the empty tomb. Well, maybe you can. It's there in Jerusalem. But right now in this moment, you can't. But the reality is that Jesus continues to invite anyone who would come after him, any disciple, to come and see. Come, come and, and, and he says, come to me, Jesus' own words, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This invitation from the angels is also given by Jesus to anyone who would follow him that says, come. Come and see. Come, come and see who I am. Come and test me out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Join a church community. Join a church family. Read the Bible. Read some books. Listen to some podcasts. Come and see. Test for yourself this Christ. Test for yourself the, the result of this resurrected life. Respond by coming and seeing and, and seeing what Jesus does in your life. The invitation for us to respond to this news is to come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus' feet. Come to Jesus' word. Come to Jesus' community and see. The second response to the resurrection in here is after we come and see, we go and tell. 
Verse 7, the angel says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. And then jump down to verse 10. When they see Jesus, when they interact with him, then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go to Galilee, and they will see me. The angel commands the women who, who experience the empty tomb, who experience the resurrection, that their proper response after coming and seeing, after tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, after experiencing his resurrected body and his resurrected life on their own, is to go and tell. Go and tell someone. Tell somebody this good news. Share this good news. And Jesus himself gives this commission. We talk about this often at our church, that we, are, we exist. Our mission as Park Community Church is to be and make disciples of Jesus, because Jesus gives us that command. This is how we respond to his resurrection. Look at verse 19 and 20, down at the end of the chapter. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go, go and tell. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Go and tell, go and teach. As you experience the resurrection of Christ, your response is to come and see, taste and see, experience that resurrected life for yourself, and then go and tell. Tell that good news. Share that good news to others. Teach the things of Jesus to your family, to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, because it's good news which offers new life. And then the third response to the resurrection is to bow and worship. I love this, that the, the women at the tomb were, were terrified. They were fearful. The angel showed up. She said, come and see. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. And so they go. They leave the tomb, and they're going back to tell the disciples what has happened. And they run into Jesus along the way. Verse 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up, and they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. So the third response that we see to the resurrection here in this text is to bow and worship the resurrected Jesus. Jesus, the great I am. Jesus, the son of God. Jesus, the sacrifice who died in your place but overcame sin and death in the grave on your behalf. They see Jesus and upon seeing Jesus, they bow, they take hold of his feet and they worship him. See, this is the proper response to the resurrection, that, that we bow a bended knee, that we, that we fall down prostrate before our King Jesus in worship. Because he is worthy, he is holy, he is powerful, he has defeated sin and death in the grave in our place and on our behalf. And so the proper response to the news of the resurrection, whoever you are this morning, wherever you may be, if you are already a follower of Jesus, continue to come and see. Come and see. Taste and see that he is good. Go and tell. Go and tell somebody of this good news. Share it and bow and worship. And if you are a non-believer this morning, if you're not sure about this whole Jesus thing, continue to consider the supports for his resurrection. The reality is that there's billions of people around the world worshiping a risen Savior today. Why is that? What, what is the historical proof, the historical evidence for this? And then lastly, the last thing that I want to leave you with, because we're incapable in our own strength and our own power to do this perfectly. 
To come and see, to go and tell, to bow and worship, that's a nice sentiment. It sounds good. We see that in the text here. We see that that's what the disciples did in this moment. But we also see that some of the disciples were fearful. They were doubting. They were hidden. And and throughout the next weeks and days and months and years, they, they went through periods of doubt and periods of despair, periods of loneliness. They suffered much like we as a world are experiencing suffering right now. And so how in the most trying of times can we respond this way? How can we as followers of Jesus continually live a life of coming to him and seeing, of going and telling and bowing and worship? Well, the gospel hope for us is that the power to respond to the resurrection comes from the promise that Jesus is with us always. Look at how he ends Matthew chapter 28. He doesn't end it with the command to go and make disciples. That is a command We are to go and tell. We're to come and see, to go and tell, to bow and worship. But look at the promise that he closes this chapter with. That he closes his earthly ministry with. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. We've covered that. Now here's the promise. And behold, I am with you always. Church family, in this season, when you can't be with your loved ones, when people feel distant, when society feels distant, when social distancing is our current reality, there is no spiritual distance between you and your risen Savior. He has promised, I am with you always. He's there with you right now in your living room. He'll be with you later today when you're depressed, when you're stressed out, when you're burdened, when the kids are going crazy. Kids, when your parents are driving you nuts. Jesus is there with you. When you want to go outside but you can't because it's snowing and it's cold and it's Easter and you can't do your Easter egg hunt in the backyard. You have to do it in the living room. Jesus is there with you. He has promised to go before you. He is walking beside you and he will come behind you and clean up your mess. See, Jesus has promised us, church, that he is with us always. He is with us always until the end of the age. That is, until we are called home or he returns. And so, church, this Easter morning, remember, Jesus is with you right where you're at. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for your promise to be present with us. We thank you that you have fulfilled that promise, that you have overcome sin and death in the grave, and you have sent your Holy Spirit to be present with us. Lord, I pray that the gospel, the good news, that Jesus has overcome sin and death in the grave, and that he is enough, would minister to each one of us today. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your life, for your death, and for your victorious resurrection. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed.